When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful, sexy Studio City, California in the Napsuck Files studios, this is Spotlight Star Wars, episode 23, titled The Scrimshaw Awakens. That is uh, right. I, for the first time ever on Spotlight Star Wars, am bringing in a guest. And that is one of my good friends and a, and a man I've met through the love of Star Wars when I was over on Jedi Alliance. And he's now uh, the co-host of Jedi Alliance on the Popcorn Talk Network. And that is my friend, hopefully yours, Joseph Scrimshaw. Hello. It's so good to have you here. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks, you, Ken. You are the first official guest on Spotlight Star Wars. I am so honored. Yeah. It's awesome. And for the first time in a while, I'm using these uh, pop screens, which still pop. <laughs> and so now it looks like you and I are talking to each other behind <laughs> curtains. Yeah. It's like we're really ineffective superheroes because we kind of have a little bit of a mask around our mouths. <laughs> a little bit of a shield, but not I quite. recognize his eyes, but whose mouth is that behind the screen? So, uh, Joseph, I'm not going to be uh, egotistical enough to presume <laughs> that you've listened to Spotlight Star Wars, but here Here's what we do, which is a free-form monologue that I usually have. So now it's going to be a, a, a – what's the double of a monologue? A, a duologue. A duologue. Yeah, right? Yeah. About you and I just free-form talking about something that we love <laughs> so much, which is Star Wars. Yes. And as I always say on this show, what a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Right? Yeah. Like, I, how are you doing with it? I'm doing, I'm doing surprisingly <laughs> well. I keep thinking that I will max out, and nope. That's what I want to get to, and look, uh, and I want you at home listening uh, to go on Joseph, uh, go on this journey with Joseph and I right now. <laughs> there are far more serious things in the world to worry about. There are far mm-hmm. more tragedies, but let's go into the Star Wars bubble of fun and complain a bit <laughs> about something that we don't need to complain about. And that is, uh, I, I got to ask you, are we are we getting there, or could we get to the too much point as Star Wars fans in this day and age yeah. right now? I don't think I personally am okay. because I think that the depth that it has entered me. <laughs> uh, Your midi-chlorian counts high. I was going to try to rephrase that, but there's no point. Uh, at, at my most frustrated with Star Wars, mm-hmm. go back to my youth and Luke Skywalker looking out at the twin sons in that music in that sense of destiny and hope, and that is a part of who I am. Right. Like, I can get sick of Star Wars. I can get sick of my kidney. It is a part of me. Uh, so for myself, yeah. maybe there'll be some symptoms of, geez, wow, it's everywhere. Um, I'm more worried about people who are going to be really reactionary to, in a just sort of almost a hipster way, mm. of all of you adults are losing your mind about Star Wars, so I'm going to make a point of being loud about how stupid it all is. Yeah. I'm more worried about getting kind of 
annoyed and pissed off at that. And 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 if look, even if Force Awakens is, is an A plus, I think you're going to get some of that. And I, I'm like you, I'm bracing for impact. Um, <laughs> where I look, I want this to be the greatest experience of my life because uh, I'm assuming I'll never have children. But um, uh, <laughs> for me, I've I've recently now look as you know, we were talking at dinner beforehand as I'm drinking my water out of my Empire Strikes Back Lando collector glass. Oh, really, uh, yeah, right original. next to me is Star Wars Aftermath, which we're going to discuss a little bit. And I, I bought the Chewbacca Nerf Bowcaster. Uh, today I went for batteries and deodorant and ended up with a Finn Black Series figure right. at you Walgreens. probably could have got Star Wars batteries and deodorant if you wanted. Probably if looked, branded. If I looked close enough. So I am definitely in it. I'm yeah. definitely, definitely in it. I'm not backing away from it. I'm enjoying it. It's probably too much. My room's getting insane. But – Recently, with some of the the comics and the books and everything, it's not that yeah. I, this isn't about thinking they're bad. It's I've tuned out a little bit. Yeah, I'm not reading every comic book. I like I mm-hmm. financially, emotionally, I can keep up with Star Wars. <laughs> I financially cannot keep up with Star Wars. Uh, Damn you and your responsibility, <laughs> Scrimshaw. Um, but yeah, I, I I worry I worry about the the plot getting a little convoluted. I mm-hmm. love that they have this uh, this you know council of people who are looking over. Story, story making sure the adult, but it's just it's so much to happen. Yeah, um, and and at some point the the volume of story does undermine the story a little bit for mm-hmm. me. But mm-hmm. again, it's not going to affect my personal love. Absolutely, but no. it, it it I think it will get a little train wrecky at some point where when they're trying to keep all the narratives clear. Ooh, yeah, there's a lot of things where I'm like, ooh, what's this? Like, uh, uh, just finish finished aftermath, and for the the listeners of the Napsuck, uh, fi- well. Spotlight Star Wars on the Napsack Files feed. Uh, last week I talked about Aftermath. I hadn't read it yet. I had about 100 pages left to go, and I finished it. And hey, guess what? I'm happy to report Han Solo and Chewbacca show up for four pages, and <laughs> Lobot and Lando are mentioned. Oh, there's a sad Lobot in there's there? There's a sad Lobot. Awesome. And uh, Princess Leia is mentioned a few times through the book, as is Luke Skywalker. Um, and I, I, it sounds like I'm saying that a little snark, snarky. Um, in the end, I, I, I really liked this book. Okay, cool. I really liked this book. I think it was mismarketed. Yeah, absolutely. As the con- the the continuation of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It, it's not in my mind, but it's a great book about what would happen in the galaxy after this this thing collapsed. Yeah. I feel like that's this weird bridge with the prequels. It isn't a literal bridge the prequels, but right. like Star Wars, the original trilogy had a, it mentioned some real world stuff. Like Lando yeah. had some problems with his gas mine. You know, <laughs> yeah. the new speeder model came out and Luke isn't as valuable. But besides that, we didn't get into real world stuff. In, right. in order to tell the story that Lucas wanted to, we got into lots of real world stuff of like mm-hmm. politics and the economy of sports and like right. everything. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like what they're doing now, now that the universe has been blown out that way, they're starting to try to make it a little bit more of a realistic universe so they can explore every – it can't just be fantasy. Now we're getting going to get into the practicality right. in the bureaucracy. Uh, absolutely, and this aftermath covers a lot of that. Like I said, it's I, – I, I pity Chuck Wendig a little bit because I know there's some flack about this book, and I don't think it's – Justified because I know it wasn't his choice to choose to not tell a story about Han Solo, Chewbacca, and yeah. Luke Skywalker. What Star Wars fan would you go to? Like, we're, we're going to have you write what happens yeah. after Return of the Jedi. Like, yeah. no, I don't want to really write about Luke and Han and Leia. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's characters in here that, that many people feel might factor into Force Awakens. And that's where I think I started, before I really dove into this book, I started to tune out a little bit because it was like, I just, I don't want to take no 
don't. Right. I don't want to figure out if Singer, the character introduced in this book, is is Max von Sydow. I don't want to worry about that. Right. I just want to figure it out when it happens. And um, that's not the author of this book. And he wrote a very fun conversational book. I know you haven't had a chance to read it yet, Joseph, but we're going to let you borrow this copy. Thank you. I'm looking Um, forward to it. Complimentary copy uh, to borrow here. It's it's like a Star Wars library. Um, But that. But but this book aftermath it, it to break off a little bit into the discussion of aftermath just so you, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil what you're about to set no, out no, to no, read no. it but it's realistic in the sense of the Death Star ex- explodes and it's not just about the Ewoks dancing and wraps up the story <laughs> yeah there's still an infrastructure in place that realistically has to be dealt with and this is what happens and you focus on different people on different sides of this infrastructure collapsing yeah so by that it's a tremendously interesting book. And they focus. The story is small. It's not a gal- big galactic issue, but yeah. it sets. This is going to be a trilogy, and it sets up. I think the trilogy well. And there's these really w- kind of interesting, slightly obtuse interludes throughout the book okay. that don't have to do with the main story, but they're clearly setting up some stuff. And that's where you're getting a lot of these characters, including Dengar, Ooh, uh, really? uh, showing up. And so I think. When this is said and done, these three books, we might look back and go, ah, this this was the continuation of Return of the Jedi. Uh, this was what happens after. And uh, and I really, you know, uh, Chuck Wendig, because uh, it's the internet age, took some took some uh, uh, Wendig took took some heat, you know, yeah. and 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 it's not fair. Uh, just like, look, I'm not a fan of New Dawn. I would I, I went out of my way on Jedi Alliance to not say anything negative about that author yeah because he did a dream job which is right a star wars novel. he had written other ones but it's like he put his heart into that and was dictated probably in detail by the story group and i think he delivered it just wasn't what we wanted right and 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 it seems like there's a real confusion about the flack that he's taking for Mm -hmm. We wanted Luke and Han and Leia, and this is this other thing. Right. And then the the political and social side of it, yeah, where people are mad that there are too many gay characters. There's yeah, there's uh, three. Or four, I mean, it's three or four times. Yeah, it's and it's and it's highlighted, but not any part of the story. Yeah, and uh, it has nothing to do with the story. To the author's credit. Like he's he on his Twitter feed and and we're friends mm. on Twitter. Mm. I don't know him like personally. I haven't been in his kitchen, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know we're friends on Twitter. And he he has pushed back in a sort of socio political way because mm. he's he's a socio he's a he's an opinionated guy and he always yep. has been. He's pushed back on people who are like I hate it because there are gay characters. Okay, and that's good. He yeah, has yeah. Accepted all criticism of like oh you didn't like the the tense I wrote it in. You didn't like the Luke and Han. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's the book. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think he's been really uh, a, a good author about it in, in right. that sort of well-rounded way of, of any kind of creative field where your job is the creative thing you're creating mm-hmm. and then also dealing with whatever the response is. As we've learned doing shows on the internet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Putting any part of your body anywhere near YouTube. <laughs> People uh, will have opinions about how it. How dare you, sir. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I think he's been really cool and really clear about like – Hey, if people are mad at me about mm. the existence of gay characters, I have an opinion about that. But you don't like my book? Cool, no problem. Right. Yeah, like I said, it's it's very clearly referenced. Um, it comes up. You're like, oh, this character is gay, or this character had uh, gay parents, or something like that. But it, it it factors nothing into the story. It's just part of this vast universe. Yeah, and I think that's the same thing as like with where the Star Wars universe is expanding in in every way. Right, and it's 
going to inevitably look a little bit more like our universe right. as, as it expands until as we should. find out more yeah. about how business works, how money works, how sports right. work, how people's personal relationships work. Yeah. You know, it's not all gonna, just going to be romance and they kiss and then we assume maybe somehow magic <laughs> babies come out. It's going to get into all sorts of other pockets of... Which you, you just made me flash back to that when I was watching, uh, what is it, Attack of the Clones in the theater and they do that smash cut to Padme and, and Anakin at the fire in the, in the sofa. They're sitting on the sofa in, the, yeah. in her quarters with the fire and the whole theater goes, ooh. It was the sexiest thing we've ever... It's, it had the most markings of Oh, man. You know, Netflix and chill didn't exist yet, but it was clearly Netflix and chill scene. And, and this is what we do on Spotlight Star Wars. We go everywhere. Around the same <laughs> sequence, he has one of those nightmares, Anakin does, of, yeah. of Padme. But again, they're having this scene where they're sitting there, they're flirting fireside, and then there's a smash cut to him having a nightmare, but he's topless in bed, squirming, going, and the whole theater went like, whoa, whoa. it's our first Star Wars sex scene. But then he's dreaming about his mom, he's, he's which makes it even worse. Yeah, it makes it even worse. <laughs> um, anyways, to, back to the point of aftermath. I predict, and I'd love to have you come back on and talk about it here, uh, or maybe I'll hop over to Jedi Alliance. Um, oh, I, I predict you will like Aftermath. Yeah. Uh, that's me based on the fact that I know you're a highly intelligent, common sense-based <laughs> person uh, with a vast knowledge of, of Star Wars who can appreciate the, everything he's, he's accomplished. When I finally finished the book and I closed it in it, and I think it ends great. Cool. It ends on a bit of a cliffhanger-ish type of thing. Um, I was very excited for the next book. Awesome. And I think that's a sign of a good author yeah. doing a good thing with a tough Property. Yeah, especially when it's a trilogy. I feel really lucky to go into it knowing the reaction, knowing what the book is, because mm-hmm. I, had, in reading old Star Wars books, now the the non canonical legend books, right? I would get really impatient when it was too far away from a character that I knew. Because I, I'm oh, I was too. Yes. Reading the books to read about the characters I knew, and when they were, would, I would accidentally get a book that's like, oh, it looks kind of in the background. I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm good. I'm glad to know what what it is going in, so I yeah. can, like a Jedi should, mm-hmm. use my patience. <laughs> use my patience. Yeah, <laughs> and, and be rewarded and for I being think patient. I was frustrated through a lot of it because I just wanted to like, what are Han? What's Han doing? Take me over to Han, and yeah. I and I had to get over that. And uh, hey, look, it's got Akbar, Mothma, and Maydine. I know oh, you're going to yeah. be happy about Crix showing up. Does it describe his hair in detail? Uh, I don't. I don't recall that. Damn it. Okay, I'll look. And for he's it. not carrying a pointer stick. <laughs> but it's that. So How that's is he uh, making his points. Uh, but after, I, I, so look, if you haven't, if you're out there listening, you haven't read Aftermath yet, and, and you got caught up in some of the, excuse me, some of the negative hype. Uh, don't do that. Dive right in. Read it for yourself. Cool. Um, it's one I think that you have to read if you're uh, out there trying to gather all the uh, canon stuff. Which goes back to I think where I was originally going with the thread, though. I di- I am starting to tune out, and I'm buying all the comics. Right. I'm buying all the comics, and I'm finding myself, uh, you know, the Chewbacca one shot that's coming out, or the C-3PO one shot. I'm like, eh, I guess I'll get it. I guess I want to find. Do I want to find out why C-3PO has a red arm? Yeah, I saw some snark about that, and some of the only snark I've really seen mm-hmm. uh, on on the comics of like, how did C-3PO get his red arm? I bet he lost it and then got a new one. We've we've seen a lot of limbs lost in Star Wars. Is, I have a whole know. shirt dedicated to it. <laughs> we know how it goes. Yeah. Um, it's and the first limb removal in the entire saga is C-3PO falls down and his arm falls that's off. That's true. So maybe that's he true. fell down again. <laughs> maybe he's on Tatooine. <laughs> that's the story. Maybe the ghost of Obi-Wan pushed uh, him but over. But yeah, I think maybe there's that tipping point when you feel like you're getting the story versus you feel like you're getting the marketing. Yes. And we know uh, that Disney is a machine. Right. And one of their biggest challenges is to hide 
what we know is a machine of marketing. They're printing money. So we money. don't feel it in, yeah. our, in our Star Wars. They're printing money, though they're still raising the, raising the price of the annual passes at Disneyland. Not saying that the Star Wars money goes to Disneyland. I know, yeah. how, I know how business works, people. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're printing money at this point with the Star Wars stuff. So you're right. Look, I have the Star Wars sticker book. I bought it. <laughs> I was at a Walgreens picking something off. I, by like, the way, Walgreens is a great source. They're not a sponsor of the show. They're a great source for Star Wars memorabilia. They right have now. been for years. Yeah. Back in the day, the Power of the Force action figures. They oh, were the really? only ones who still had uh, the early light, early figures that had the two long lightsabers that were oh, a yes. choking threat to children. <laughs> God bless you, Walgreens. <laughs> so I got the sticker book of Walgreens. Okay. And uh, on my work computer now, I have a bunch of Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma <laughs> uh, stickers uh, all over my computer. Um, so yeah, you're right. And that's what I just I was talking to Christian Harloff about this, and he's read all the books. It's just he's made a point to be a, a, an expert on this canon, which yeah. he is the new canon. And I'm just already checking out on some of it. I'm going to read Lost Stars because it I'm gonna, it's just unilateral yes. praise is coming it across. It is flying my way from Amazon. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to check that out. But some of the other stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't want to. The Path of a Weapon or whatever the one. That's about Hans Blaster or Luke's lightsaber. There's yeah. one that's like a first-person Luke's lightsaber book. I, I'm not reading. I it. Feel, and I feel like Disney is is sort of trying to uh, exploit is maybe too nasty of a word, but make the most of this moment where YA doesn't really mean it's for young adults anymore. YA is right. just a genre that right. could be for everyone. And so the, there's these books like yeah, like uh, the each of those standalone ones that are YA novels yeah. that are like. Uh, they're filling them full of like, oh, there might be a tiny mention of something that the Force Awakens. So yeah. everybody's going for them, but like, is it worthwhile? Yeah. yeah. Do you need to read every thing? <laughs> and 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 I just as as a fan, as we are so deep into this, it's like I get obsessive with it. Well, I better read everything. No, to to know going into Force Awakens, like I yeah. want to know. Oh, that that guy at the bar, he <laughs> killed a dude four books ago. Yeah, but I mean, you want to. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You want a little bit of mystique. You want a bit Absolutely. a little bit of that. Like that's the weirdest alien I ever saw, and I know nothing about him. Right, and you I just research. get to imagine. What Absolutely. it is, uh, and I'm sure there'll be there'll still be some of that, but they're they're there creeping will. up on it of 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 getting rid of some of that mystique of just seeing C three PO with a red arm and figuring like uh, that would that was an adventure, but like no, we're going to tell you exactly what it is, yeah. and we're going to get your money for it. I'm still not sure why three PO has a silver leg in, yeah. in the old. Tri- I, I I I think I've received the answer at one point in my life. I don't recall, and well, I just kind of like that he does. But that was Legends, and now we're going to get the new canon. That's true. He has a silver leg. <laughs> That's a, a new series from ABC. <laughs> A reboot of, of droids, but live action. That's the one we're getting. We're getting droids and Ewok adventures yes, again. Droids, um, colon C three PO limb colors. So I think we're in the same spot where we're as adults. We're, we're we we definitely know there's a lot out there, but yeah. as inner children, uh, we are uh, our inner child is going crazy. And yes. uh, when I well, I ordered that Chewbacca bowcaster, the moment <laughs> Mark Donica let me know it existed on on, I learned about it live on the air at Jedi Alliance. I didn't know it was in existence, and now I have it. It's in my room. And I spent one Friday night home alone drinking, trying to shoot my old action figures with a Nerf bowcaster. Yeah, it's fun. If you uh, freeze frame that episode of Jedi Alliance, you can see your eyes light up. It's like the opposite of that Simpsons episode where the heartbreak happens in freeze frame. Bart's heartbreak. It's my spirit coming to life, learning that. uh, And and part of it, I've come to the conclusion, it's just me at uh, approaching 40 with, with the... Uh, limited, but uh, financial resources to buy all the toys I couldn't buy uh, get as a kid. 
Yeah. With, with my lower middle class parents who one Christmas scrimped and saved to buy me a Bespin guard for Christmas. Like that was that's what they got yeah. me. That's, that's, that's all mom and dad could get me. <laughs> so now I'm out on uh, I'm out on a vengeful, almost Jason Statham action movie vengeful trip to buy as many Star Wars toys as I can. Yeah. Because I know I couldn't when I was younger. That's what I did in the, in the 90s with Power of the Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then suddenly yeah. found myself. Unable to move in my home because I was literally surrounded on all sides. I did want to talk a little bit with you about uh, – it's been mentioned before here and on, on, on Chat Outlines. We may have touched upon it from time and time, time again. But it, it, being a Star Wars fan now versus a Star Wars fan then. Yeah. Um, I'm – and and we're we're of a certain age demographic where we're kind of like we can take the ah uh, oh, you young kids didn't uh, we back in our day in eighty three when sad <laughs> lobots but then there's also yeah. people I know who are now are in their fifties early sixties who are like kid you didn't know I was twelve sitting in that theater right and I have and I envy those guys because uh, and girls that 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 uh, um, got to experience that firsthand what it was like. You know, to 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 be in Beatlemania, but it's Star Wars mania. You know, yeah. Um, but it, what what's now? I don't even know where to go with this. But it's like we we talked about some of our young fans that come on yeah. Jedi Alliance as guests, um, uh, yeah, Alexis or or Christian Ruvikabla Cobster and all these guys. So it's like, um, it's like, do they have it easy now? <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I think they have it. I think they have it different. Yeah. I mean, the whole world is different when it comes to geek stuff. But I yeah. think one of the big differences is because all of the geek stuff is so popular and so mainstream, the difference now is not like you're a normal kid or you like Star Wars. Right. Um, Plenty plenty of normal (laughs) kids like Star Wars. You know, if you got deeper into comic books or Doctor Who, you were a real freak. Right. Um, You were never a freak for liking Star Wars. But if you got too into it, you were a freak. And and I was certainly too into it. But I think there's this fascinating divide now where it is impossible to not know about Star Wars. But that is right. different than loving it. So, like, right. is a is a stand up comedian. I do geek stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll perform at like conventions, or I've been a guest on Jonathan Colton's cruise, or whatever. Where like, it is hardcore geeks, right. and they don't just know who Obi Wan Kenobi is. They love him, and they have opinions, and they have like a relationship about him. Yeah, any person on the street pretty much is going to know who Obi Wan Kenobi is. Right, and or I could say two words, and I jog their memory. Of who he is, but they don't love him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's one of the weird things to me. Of like everybody knows it, but not everybody loves it. Yeah, it's just a th- yeah, it's a thing to some people, which is which is weird, which strikes me as just weird. And I'm bathing in the the glory of all the Star Warsness right now to the point where I'm questioning if it's too much. But but um, yeah yeah, it's 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 it, it just it it's, seems it's. A little bit clearly, it's more easier to be a Star Wars fan, which is a good thing. By the way, I say this is a good thing. Oh yeah, I, no one should have to go through what I had to go through on the playground sometimes, where <laughs> I was bullied for wearing an Emperor uh, Darth Vader Luke Skywalker T-shirt with yeah. an iron-on decal, um, or like you said, normal versus a Star Wars fan. That was a real thing up until the mid '90s. Yeah, it's like it's fine to think Han is cool, but if you knew Greedo was a Rodian, like okay, <laughs> get the f out, you know? <laughs> How dare you, um, kid? You know, I think yeah. another fascinating difference is like. Like these um, Target and Walmart ads mm-hmm. have been having these really sentimental ads for the, the yeah. toys yeah. and uh, showing whole families sort of celebrating and what it means to them. Right, right, right. Um, and yeah. that also is about – that's kind of a deep love, but that's kind of a love of the ephemera, of like a father's love of seeing his daughter's eyes light right, up. Right, right. And now it's his granddaughter. Yeah. And he's getting getting to see her eyes light up in that special way again. Right. But all of that is about 
buying stuff at Target. That's different than I'm going to watch it and I'm going to have an opinion about whether Kylo Ren's blade is a lightsaber or a plasma sword. That's going to be a big deal to me and I'm going to have to throw down and fight. Like that grandpa is just about the yeah. ephemera of like, yeah. I saw the movie and the bad guys won or the good guys Yay, won. And Harrison to- Ford said that funny line. Let's and go now to Target. I, I bought my daughter some band aids that have Princess Leia on them. And like, it's a different yeah. level of interaction. Yeah. You know? And I think. Uh, I don't know. I think there's a separation between this sort of like mm-hmm. being in, immersed in every part of it or even being immersed in the narrative versus the sort of byproduct of right. the narrative. Right. Right. And it, it is a – I'm coming to terms with the fact that it's probably a plasma sword. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of excited about it being a plasma sword actually. Absolutely. It, it makes sense why it's all jagged and weird. It's, look, it's a weird conversation. that it, it, it It's like a – it's a – I don't know. It's nitpicky but it's like a um, – it just I I it sometimes it's like when your favorite band that no one knew about suddenly uh, you know opens up and, and next thing you know they're headlining and everyone loves them and they've got a hit single K Rock and you're like ah oh, but I remember when it was just me like there's some <laughs> yeah. days where 1991 when uh, me and my friend Nathan were the only ones reading Air to the Empire yeah um, turns out hundreds of other people in our school were they just secretly just being real real quiet real, real about quiet it. about yeah. it. There's a, we can never go back to that, and I don't want to go back. I, at Star Wars Celebration this past year, the first one I attended, like that was a over. That just was a wave of joy because you're yeah. surrounded by a community of people, and I don't ever want to go back. But uh, as as we race towards Force Awakens and, and this mass marketing, uh, sometimes there's little moments where I'm like, back in the day, yeah, it was me and my uh, Ewok figures in the dirt, and that was it. <laughs> but I have to, I have to say, in, to this point in particular, like mm. uh, you know, when I started coming on Jedi Alliance, that really mm. filled a, a gap in my soul mm, because good. I was surrounded by geek stuff at conventions. Mm-hmm. It was busy, busy run around. A lot of the conventions I go to are party conventions, so it's drinking and dancing and having fun, and everybody's got a Greedo T-shirt or you right. know a Chewy backpack or you know <laughs> Mark Hamill underwear or whatever. Yeah, they're fifty. And it's all the byproduct. Yeah. And I was so thirsty to, like, and not in the sexy way. I was so <laughs> thirsty, maybe in the sexy way. Quench uh, my thirst. <laughs> to actually talk about, like, mm-hmm. the characters and yeah. the themes and how does you know, what we believe happened in these films, how does it reflect what's the reality of our mm-hmm. real world? And how does loving the Force make us actually handle handle pumping our gas yeah. differently like yeah and to me like star wars has infected every little part of my life on some level so it has. i really like to talk about the meat of it the meat of it is as fun. opposed to just yeah the sort of like yeah i love star I love wars you know yeah now more than ever there is a star wars media i think it's it's all over yeah. and, it's, and it's fun to be a part of it uh, i miss doing jedi alliance and you and mark donica are doing a great job well, and and i check in uh schedule permitting i try to at some point i try to either watch live or at some point during the week bring it up on youtube uh you guys have a lot of fun and i and i sit there at work i love my new job but <laughs> i sit there at work and i go ah. Oh, Sometimes I just wish I could go back and talk about the Y-Wing again, and I can do it on this show, but it's a different kind of show. This is me opening up and, and, and getting through uh, – working working through being a modern Star Wars fan with you, the listeners out there. It's a, it's like it's usually one-on-one, and, and this is a, an experiment to see if we can have a full-forced uh, hour-and-a-half discussion uh, w- with someone, and Joseph's the perfect person to do it with. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, I know what you mean, where I loved – like. Uh, take nothing away from any other Star Wars show out there. There's so many out there, and 
you should listen to all of them and support all of them. But I loved uh, the show Maude and I created and that you helped uh, further, which well, is uh, which is a celebration of the greatest saga ever told. Because how damn fun is it to be a Star Wars fan, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm trying to keep it to that, that feeling. It'll never be the same as, as with you because you are amazing and unique. Uh, each version is different, man. Yeah, and I'm trying to keep it, though, to that spirit of without getting uh, just too, mm-hmm. uh, too deep <laughs> up my own asshole to just talk about the meat of things. And talk about the meat of the prequels, which you are still kind of known as a prequel guy. Yes. We did that on purpose by bringing you on the show to defend the prequels, which which is great because I love that you started that episode by saying, look, I realize that uh, there's some bad to these movies. Yes. Um, But you have one of the great points, and I want to get into that a little bit here. just popped in my head to talk about. Uh, I was talking with uh, our good friend Josh Tapia, JTE from Schmoes and Screen Junkies. And he hates Return of the Jedi. Here's the secret. He doesn't hate it as much as he says on the internet, people. But he, he has fun hating on it. Yeah, and he, he's really good at poking people. He's, like his, He loves his, doing I, it. He's a, he's a great guy. I love him. Hashtag death. go sit. Yep. The, the poking he does, it works on me. Cause every t- I'm like doing something else and I see him like, oh, I got to answer that. And like, no, no, I don't. He's, but, he's trying to get a rise out of me and it but works. But one of the things that you, and you have stated much more eloquently, and I'll let you say it yourself, but it's like part of part of the reason and part of the fun of being a Star Wars fan is that we all kind of acknowledge that we, we've come together for one good, great movie, one yeah. good movie, and the rest <laughs> is just kind of uh, fun. <laughs> yeah. And we forget that sometimes. And I think it's okay. So that way, when, when you came on and started talking about the prequels, I was a bit of a a prequel hater, but secretly and sometimes not so secretly liked more than I probably knew I should. Yeah. But you helped change me and, and seeing the reaction of the fan base at Jedi Alliance who don't like their prequel stepped on. No. Um... Uh, and it's that's a it's not always a generational thing, but mostly I think it's predominantly next the next generation. Hey, yeah. I grew up with those ones. Back off, asshole. The the truth of from a certain point of view, of you know, <laughs> Rings it's true. a fun it's a fun line to kind yeah. of poke fun at because Obi Wan's certainly being shifty. Yeah, I think it's one of the major themes of the saga as a whole mm-hmm. is your absolute perception of what is reality will change. Yeah, by w- so, where you're coming from. So which is why when JT goes off on a rant about. Return of the Jedi, I love it because it's yeah. all true. Because why does Obi Obi Wan's ghost sit down? Yeah, because it's like from, <laughs> on, on one hand, it's dumb. Yeah, he doesn't need to sit on a log. His ghost legs probably aren't tired. <laughs> but how dumb would it have been if he just stood there? Yeah, or if like a bad video game cutscene, he would have sort of floated in and out of Luke a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, is, but, is that a little uncomfortable for you? It's it is. You know, yeah, Jedi is the worst of the original trilogies because one of them has to be. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, Luke, Lucas by that point was marketing teddy bears. But you know what? I love those little Ewoks. And yeah. when Nanta dies, that's one of the saddest moments in the trilogy. Don't tell me you didn't pull on your heartstrings. But same with the prequels too. And, and so so uh, where are you? with that now you still you still love being the prequel guy i i mostly like being the prequel guy i am frustrated at the lack of nuance sometimes uh <laughs> which might be an understatement but i think i think the prequels have become this war ground where yeah. people are like no we grew up with them they're good you 30 and 40 year olds are all sad bastards <laughs> yes shut the hell up yes uh and then on you know so the so the, the love it's mm-hmm. just a love and a hate and for yeah. me it's nuanced of like i honestly do think there are some major problems with them sure. with the with the scripting and in some of the acting mm-hmm. but i love them anyway yes. and i i forgive some of the mistakes and i think there are some amazingly legitimately great moments in them yes but i normally can't 
unless I'm talking to you, Ken, I can <laughs> normally not get this far in the sentence <laughs> without somebody else having a really strong opinion. <laughs> exactly. And it shuts me down. And I think you're right. I was completely caught off guard when the first one or two episodes of Jedi Alliance, uh, me and Maude and some of our guests made some took some shots at the prequels because that's what me and my friends have done for years exactly after we came to terms to the fact that the movie we waited for tickets for in 1999 wasn't what we wanted it to be yep and it still isn't what i wanted it to be but you know what i was i was just caught off guard with the amount of people coming back saying just hey Slow down, old yeah. dude. Like, th- there's some things we had fun, and 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 not everyone has stuck with it. My cousin was seven when Phantom Menace came out, and it was his favorite movie. Now he wouldn't touch it because he's a 22 year old, 23 year old film school guy now. Yeah. Um, but even him, it's like it has a special place for him. So I love that. I actually really enjoy that, and I'm glad to see that it's not just on Jedi Islands when Joseph Scrimshaw comes on. <laughs> that there's more people going. You know what? Yeah, but I loved that scene when. Anakin did this, or yeah. the Zam Wessel chase at the beginning of, yeah. of Clones is good, you know. I think there is something to the go-to joke, and I certainly, I mean, that's one of the many reasons that I was like, I, I, I need to just give this a little bit more thought and a little bit more attention, because uh, right. I always enjoyed watching them, and for, for a long time it was just mm-hmm. kind of a secret shame. Uh, but then it's like, oh, no, I'm going to become more vocal about supporting them, because, like, mm-hmm. the jokes are old. Yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah. Just having a go-to, yeah, but Jar Jar sucks joke, and I think right. a lot of people who are mad, it is partially just a response to like, I'm really bored of that joke. It's not funny to me anymore. Right. Even right. uh, whether whether I agree or disagree, and right. I think that's a valid point in terms of like people listening to Star Wars entertainment. Yeah. Um. You know, if you if you're gonna make a joke about how it's weird that Luke and Leia are sisters but kissed, you have to come at it with, from, from a pretty sister, fresh, yeah. surprising angle just to make it be potent as a joke. Right. Uh, in Star Wars land. Yeah, you're right. It's like that. And it's getting to that level of. It's that person in the room that's making the one. Just, hey, Chuck, stop. Don't make that joke again, Chuck. Yes. yes. Uh, you may yeah. be right, but I don't want to hear the joke. It is sort of like poking easy fun at Jar Jar is getting to be like the mm-hmm. older dude who used to quote the Monty Python dead parrot sketch. <laughs> <laughs> and I vowed when I was a young geek that I would not be that guy. <laughs> so I'm trying not to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then, like, even, like, uh, you know, the documentary, The People versus George Lucas, uh, uh, I it's not one of my favorite docs, and, and my friend Mark Riley appears in it, just because I don't think it's fair. I haven't watched it because, like, I'm really tired of the George mm-hmm. Lucas mm-hmm. abuse, partially just because he's, like... At this point, he's an older gentleman who has retired. Yeah. <laughs> leave him yeah, be. Leave him be, who, by the way, does amazingly wonderful things with his money. Yeah. So this is a good dude who yeah. gave us this. And yeah, nitpicking's fun. And I've taken my shots. And some, oh, yeah. And I still probably will and have a little jokes here and there. But but uh, yeah, Chris Taylor's book, again, Star Wars Conquered the Galaxy, uh, yep. Con- Conquered the Universe, um, really reminded me of what this guy did. Yeah. And, this weird, impossible thing that he created. Yeah. And, and, and I think he's got some really great – I don't think he's great at executing his ideas. Right. But he – but the ideas are great. Um, yeah. But I feel like, it, yeah, it is just like we can have a sense of humor about what a quirky, weird guy he is. And, and because Star Wars was born out of just his true weirdness yeah. as a human – yeah, there are great things and there are bad things, but they're all kind of this weird human thing. Um, I'm rewatching the Clone Wars with uh, with my mm. wife because yeah. I watched them last year and yeah. really quickly. Got really confused in the middle because yeah. all of the episodes are not not in order. They yeah. don't work right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and are only, you watching them in order now? Now I now I looked it up and I'm watching yeah. them in order. It makes it more is sense. A shocking mess. The order they're in. Yeah. And all I've ever been able to find is Dave Filoni, the mm-hmm. you know director guy, mm-hmm. uh, saying, "Well, yep, they're. It's not that they were aired out of order. We made them <laughs> in that order. And what can I say? George Lucas likes prequels. And that seems to me his like friendly nod to say like, yeah, you know, we were going along and George just came in. It's like, oh, what if we uh, what if we tro- retold this uh. <laughs> hey, what if that hut was alive again somehow? And like, okay, George. But to me, it's sort of like I could be just mad at him of like, right. why doesn't he understand that stories should be linear? Like, right. Or I could just be like, what a crazy weird old dude. What a crazy what a weird cra- old wizard. What a crazy old wizard <laughs> who made this weird thing. And now we all have to go back and rewatch it in the correct, in the right, correct order. order. Because somehow it made sense in his very unique, weird human brain yeah. to tell it this way. Well, I loved, and you mentioned Filoni, who I think is a genius in his own right, uh, even with that cowboy hat on. Um, <laughs> I, I, I loved when in Clone Wars, and I... I, I know some people don't like it as much as I do, and, and look, there's some episodes, the frog guy and the shark villain and Jar Jar stuff too that doesn't hit for me as much yeah. as other stuff. But there's some tremendously great, great stuff in there, and some great characters and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I can go on and on about that. But when stuff kind of came out over the last year or two, and we were gearing up for Rebels, which is it's definitely grown on me. Um, Filoni and some of the guys were saying like, "Hey, those those stories that you liked came from George." Yeah. George was up there with us. Yeah. George guided us. I think if you watch them, it is pretty clear that either uh, in active choice or just slow erosion, George backed off from some of the little annoying prequel things. And I'll say that there are prequel things that annoy me, like Mm -hmm. just having to reuse a classic line of dialogue and assigning it to a new character, (laughs) whether that makes sense. I got a bad feeling about this. I've got a bad feeling about this is in almost every episode of the first season of Clone Wars. And then there's some random things of like, you know, they came from behind or I don't think that line is, but there's lots of little lines like that. There's lots of Jar Jar Mm -hmm. wackiness and all of that slowly goes away. Yeah. Uh, and that's either Dave Filoni just slowly making it go away or George going like, yeah, you know, OK, we yeah. don't need that. And to me, just seeing that growth of like, yeah, there's some of those those little things in the prequels that annoy me. Yeah. But they go away. They go away. And, and there's stuff there. And, and I can put it all together uh, as, as a Star Wars fan who who uh, takes it all in, you know, um, do I and and my dear Roxy Stryer would would hate me, but uh, I'm she adores Hayden Christensen and, and adores him as Anakin. I, I I think it was a misfire for me a bit, but I don't think necessarily think that's him. I think it was a product of everything. Yeah. But but now I the the, the Anakin and the Clone Wars is great to yeah. me. It did a lot better job of kind of expanding it and and maybe cleaning up some of the stuff. But now I see them as one, if that makes any sense. I think so, yeah. The, my first watch through on the Clone Wars, I had this just like, oh man, why couldn't we have seen this Anakin? I did too. In the movies. And that's not even about Hayden's acting. It's about the choice of the character of not getting to see the more mm-hmm. warm and charming side of Anakin. Yeah. But then as I'm watching through it again with my wife right now, I'm thinking how much that is about Ahsoka, where yes. he is responding to the situation that he's in and in Mm -hmm. the movies we only get to really see him in situations where he's high stress and he's always kind of the underdog having to answer to somebody else that he doesn't want to Mm. in clone wars we get to see him being responsible for somebody else so we get to see uh the positive side of making a connection right that you're kind of not supposed to in the jedi order yeah and 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 the, and and watch how I think they're handling really well with the the new canon novels and everything. Kind of some of those things because they, they they came out immediately. Were like everything's gone away except for Clone Wars. Clone Wars counts. And and a lot of people I was talking with someone recently who was saying that uh, 
they're, they're, she was trying. She's trying to watch the Clone Wars. She's she's not getting into it. She kind of knows she should. And one <laughs> of the reasons was like she's like I just don't buy that that between Attack of the Clones and Sith, all these adventures happened, and then in Sith, Anakin would never mention his Padawan. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's fair because they didn't know. Ahsoka existed at that time, and yeah. so, but the, the the rebels, which Ahsoka coming back, or Lords of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how far you are into that. I, I only have about uh, forty pages left, okay. so I've gotten into the bulk of it. So, without spoiling for anyone who has not read Paul S. Kemp's wonderful book, Lords of the Sith, Great. I loved how they handled Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. How that was weaved in, and these memories were coming back to this dude yep. in the mask. Yep. And even they even used the nickname Snips, mm-hmm. and it seemed completely organic and real with some gravity to it. Yeah. Some weight. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be great if, you know, maybe, uh, well, not Lucas, but maybe Disney someday will make a special edition out of the prequels, and maybe we'll get a dubbed in line dropped in about Ahsoka. <laughs> but emotionally, it makes total sense to me yeah. of he, the Jedi tested him. Of yeah. Like, we think you are too clingy. Right. That it's an, an emotional danger for what we believe a Jedi to be. So we're going to test you by, here's the natural process of, you should protect this person, you should be fond of them, but then when it's time, you should let them go. Let them go. Uh, yeah. And the fact that he can't again and again, he mm-hmm. can't and he won't, uh, it, that it, it, that sets up for him his motivations for turning to the dark side. Yeah. And, and also, from the other perspective, it sets up the Jedi being like, we've they've got kind of a, from our point of view as humans, a twisted idea of what what love and passion and connection is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and love just, is me, forebed. It, yeah. Um, it just makes all of those themes, which explain Anakin's fall to the dark side, yeah. resonate. And I, I, I talked about it on the show, so I don't want to retread too much for my fans who've listened to all of oh, them, yeah. but, but I want to get your opinion on, 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 on Lords of the Sith. And even some of the stuff we've seen in Rebels with Vader coming back this this past two, they did the special little one-off two movie, basically two episodes back-to-back this summer. Um, but Lords of the Sith particularly, Paulus Kemp did a great job, where I always, I think I said it on Jedi Alliance, one of my last shows, where I always, it's funny to me that I consider Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader to be two separate characters. Yeah. And in theory, they are. Yes. But there aren't. Yeah. And Lords of the Sith helped, for me, and it seems this is one of those we're in the Star Wars bubble, people. There's serious problems in the world. But for me, <laughs> Lords of the Sith helped me come to terms with the fact that uh, they aren't two different people and that there was a transition period of Anakin still under the mask becoming Vader still. Yeah. And there's some things in Lords of the Sith that just was like, I loved that layering of it. Yeah, it's great to me. I the I, I Lords of the Sith so far, I've got 50 mm. pages left, so mm-hmm. unless something horrible happens, my favorite Star Wars book I've ever read. Absolutely. Because, partially because it has the energy in forward movement of the movies. Yeah. It feels like a movie. Everything is is compact, and it doesn't go very long in between bits of action. Right. Characters are at passionate, heightened moments. Nobody is sitting around trying this new hot chocolate drink, (laughs) like in Heir to the Empire. Uh, Hey, I love that. Lando Lando could make a good hot chocolate. (laughs) If anyone could. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Good old Lando with his sensual drinks. Um, but I, but yeah, the Vader thing to mm-hmm. me, my my feeling watching Revenge of the Sith is always like, how could he not have been like, oh, I did all of this mm-hmm. for Padme and she's gone, yeah. and now I'm just stuck here, right? Like, and and I always pictured the time in between with that of a sort of like, mm-hmm. he's got to be just kind of bummed out in his heart of hearts, yeah, and how the the book deals with where he's at emotionally. Uh, yeah, how how he deals with the concept of his past life, the concept of his present life is so great. 
And I'm bringing it up now here as I type and talk here is James Lucino's book, part of that uh, the Dark Lord trilogy, which is now non-canon. Well, part of it is Revenge of the Sith. Um, uh, and of course, I'm in the corner of my house where the internet doesn't work that well. <laughs> but I, there's Labyrinth of Evil, Re- Revenge of the Sith, and maybe is it Rise of Vader? Rise of Vader, Rise yeah. of Vader, something like that. That book, which is no longer canon, did some really good stuff. I thought correcting some of the mistakes, perceived mistakes from the no in the Frankenstein Vader, yeah. where he was like, he's learning to walk because he has no legs. People, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I only flipped through Rise of Vader, uh, like in bookstores, but I think there was a part about how he had to use the force to actually move a little bit. More yes, because and it's his good. It didn't work, and that, that's yeah. cool. But so, um, but Lords of the Sith to me it harkened back to that, where it was like it really dove into the Emperor still testing him and still training him. Yeah, and, and it's set like power eight years Emperor. after he yeah. converted, right? Yeah, uh, and he's still going. Yeah. yeah, so uh, and, and I just I finally read Darth uh, Plagueis as well, right? Which is right. also not canon, but certainly. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You were reading that. You had a homework assignment. Yeah. So, so what did you think? Let's oh, dive into Darth Plagueis. I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Uh, uh, I didn't know what ex- exactly to expect going in. And in, in mm-hmm. some of it, it limited the canvas a little bit for me by making okay. Plagueis directly Sidious's master, which was maybe he was, maybe isn't in Revenge of the Sith. Right, right, uh, right. But also just like leading up like to the like all of the events are happening so close to Phantom Menace. Like Yeah. And it, it wasn't like I I didn't dislike it for that, but I was surprised by how the the overlap? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like it, it it took a little bit of mystery. I mean it's a book called Darth Plagueis, so I shouldn't be surprised that it took a little <laughs> bit of the mystery of Darth Plagueis out. Uh Interesting, but yeah, but but yeah, I really enjoyed it. You really um, enjoyed, it. yeah. I, I, I d- it felt weird about it being it's it's it gives interesting insights and thoughts for me as a Star Wars fan. But the whole what is canon, what isn't, is mm-hmm. still weird to me. Right, right. But uh, I really enjoyed it. That's good. I, for me, it was a, it was a political thriller. Um, I liked some of the overlap. I always joked that that book made Phantom Menace good in my mind, and I went back to watch it, and then was like, oh wait, no, Phantom Menace still might not be my favorite of the Star Wars movies. But I, I can see what you're saying too, where sometimes. And look, there's even some stuff in Aftermath. I won't, I won't tell you yet, but there's some stuff where it's like, hey, remember that thing you saw in Return of the Jedi? Well, this was also happening at the same time, and here's those characters. Yeah. And, that, and a lot of Star Wars books do it. Mara Jade. Yeah. Mara Jade was, was like at Jabba's, at Jabba's palace. palace. Yeah. And I, that stuff is hit, hit or miss with me. Yeah. And Plagueis yeah. has that stuff where there's a lot of like, they, they even you're watching scenes. Plagueis is watching Maul and Palpatine on the balcony having the you know, I mean, last one reveal ourselves to the Jedi. <laughs> that scene, yeah. Plagueis is watching. So there's so there, I, I I don't think that's an unfair point for you to say yeah. that it could have taken you out a little bit. But, but I think it uh, I think the good thing and I think it does make Phantom Menace better just because it, in book form it has more time to just you know mm-hmm. take you by the hand and say this universe functions the way any group civilization has to. Right. Some people have money. Some people have political power. And if you were the most evil being on the planet, you would want to control both, or right. not in the planet, in the galaxy, in the universe. <laughs> and your goal was to destroy everything. Wouldn't you want to control Wouldn't all of the to. money and all of the politics? And that's right. kind of what the book is about, is a guy who is, finds mm-hmm. himself in the position of like, wow, I think I can control yeah. all money and all politics. And and I, as much as I do love the book Plagueis and, and Lucino, uh, it was, it's really one of my favorite authors. Uh, um, the, the Tarkin book, I... I, I have it slotted about as a B plus. Okay. Uh, good. Um, I think it was really good. And then Lords of the Sith kind of came out. And I was like, ah, oh, Lord. Okay. But Lucina's great. And I love 
well documented how much I love Robotech and his novelizations oh, cool. that he that he co-wrote were were great. Um, I I would have been. Um, a year or so ago was one of those campaign to keep Darth Plagueis in canon. Okay. Uh, that book, specifically the yeah. book, Plagueis himself obviously is is canon. But now I'm a little more excited about the open-ended possibilities of let's restructure what, what some of it is. Right, yeah. Exactly. I, I'm Who? with you. I loved in Sith that Palpatine was just kind of tall. Oh, you don't know this story of Well, this in guy. the way he introduced it, I think the thing that stuck with me is that this idea that it's a very old story and that the Jedi are very well aware of who Plagueis is, but they just simply because yeah. they keep everything close to the vest, yep. they won't tell that of all of these mysterious things that one might be able to do through the Force that mm-hmm. people like Plagueis did a long time ago and are well right. documented, but the Jedi just won't tell you. And of course, that you can utterly justify that as just a Palpatine manipulation to make it sound like that. Yeah, but I, I think there's some truth, and that's what makes, hey, every villain thinks he's right. And and that's, I think, one of the best scenes in the prequels, absolutely, hands yes. down. And, and that line of, not from a Jedi, yeah. is absolutely one of my favorite it's moments. It's chill-inducing. It's unnatural. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nerd chill-inducing. <laughs> um, and and I, 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 I think there's some truth to the Jedi. Just kind of, let's keep some stuff. We don't want to lose any more of our pupils to the dark side. Let's kind of, it doesn't exist. Don't yeah. go down that hallway. Yep, it's just a bad thing. Yeah, you don't, don't want to know about it. I mean, and that's in the Clone Wars, too, as I'm rewatching, yeah. like the, the Holocron heist episode where we yeah. meet Cad Bane. Uh, yeah, I love and they have just they have a super private mm-hmm. part of the library where only the masters on the council <laughs> can go, and it fits great with the Jedi. Of just like you, and you can see that it's like an actual. Yeah. All the Jedi are like true overprotective parents. Yeah, where they've experienced things, they know things, and they can see how things can go bad. Yeah. So they're just going to grip a little too tight. And I, and I yeah, and I think so, I always remark that some of our favorite Jedi's. Are the are the Qui Gon Jins and the Quinlan Vosses of the yep. world and the Masters Iphidiasis of the world who kind of just went and did their own <laughs> things? Like Qui Gon probably had sex with uh, Shmi Skywalker yes. because he's the kind of Jedi that would. The and we all kind of told him to. We kind of like those Jedi. <laughs> yes, you know, uh, yeah. Obi Wan is to me. Obi Wan is not one of those Jedi. He kind of is, but he kind of is. Well, he's our he's our main example of the Jedi, the way the Jedi supposed to be. Yeah, he, he walks that line. He's very very compassionate and he yeah. loves people but he knows when to say like okay nope yeah like i always say and i think we're i would love to see you and mcgregor come back and tell me the story of obi-wan in the desert and the and the star wars main marvel comic did an episode uh, did an issue of of obi-wan in that time period and it was it's been my favorite so far awesome. the main star wars line um but at the same time i gotta imagine that might just be a lot of sitting around <laughs> yeah i i think yeah i think there's some power to that i would love to see my pitch for the movie is he does he does go out and have an adventure and the the adventure is the reminder to him of those days are over right and you can't be out in the galaxy you have a duty and a responsibility yeah. and it's to just sit here and deal with sitting in maybe some mistakes you made maybe yeah. Yeah. just accepting the could, destiny. Could you imagine? That's 18 years in the wilderness, 18, 19 years in the desert yeah. in that hut going, I used to be this guy and now here's I am. So, so it's more of a – it might be an interesting book. And I know – I think actually the guy who wrote New Dawn – what is his name? Jonathan Joshua Miller, Jackson something Miller. God bless the guy. <laughs> Jackson Pollock, yeah. Yeah, uh, Jackson Pollock. He did write a Kenobi, one of the, the non-now legend books that yeah. was Kenobi in the desert. And someone uh, said it was pretty good. I, d- I didn't have a chance to read it. Um, 
but yeah, there's got to be a lot of just uh, that's intriguing to me. But then now I think about it, it might not be the most intriguing part. It'd just be Ewan McGregor sitting around looking at his lightsaber, going, "I wonder if this still works." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things I love about Obi Wan is just he's the guy who does what he's told and what he's supposed to do, and he yeah. has his own opinions. And every once in a while, he follows them, but not too, not too violently yeah. against what the council says. Yep. So it would be great for me to just see Obi Wan maybe leave the planet. Maybe it's just protecting Luke on the planet, but have some big adventure. And then most of the movie is the fun adventure and then mm-hmm. the the beat toward the end is just like there Oops. is a little bit of a pull toward adventure and excitement but right. that's not my duty a and jedi I, and, craves not these things yeah and i accept my duty and it's just to watch over luke and just wait until fate brings him to me i think that's the title of our movie star wars <laughs> a jedi craves not these things <laughs> that should be the one a middle-aged man in a hut for two hours one of my uh, loyal uh, listeners who uh, follows me through all things i do uh, a, a gentleman named of uh, uh, langley neely uh tweeted at me um, tweeted me and a couple others uh, recently that uh, he said, and, and I wanted to ask you about it, why is no one remembering that Kathleen Kennedy said BB-8 is a female? Yeah, you know, I didn't even uh, pick up on that news bit, which I feel bad about. I right. Know it was so must be, I don't know where it was. And he just tweeted me this was, like four days ago. I don't know how it was under my radar. Right. Uh, but I think that's awesome. I think it's great. Yeah. There, there's, there's, there is a precedent for... Um, Sex-based, gender-based droids, by the sound of their voice, really is the only thing. Because in yeah. in the prequels, uh, one of the protocol droids is a female, clearly a female voice. Yeah, uh, I, think I think the one that delivers the tea to the TC fourteen. Yeah, TC fourteen uh, delivers the poison tea to the Jedi or yeah. whatever, whatever that was. Um, so yeah, I think that's inter- interesting too. Where uh, BB-8 has blown up to be this tremendously popular character already, and even yeah. I already am guilty of saying that. Good for him. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it goes back to 70, 1977. Mm-hmm. If something didn't have a gender, the default was a he. Right. Unless it was a boat, <laughs> which is its own kind of insulting. <laughs> so by Well, so by that logic, though, Star Wars does have two strong female characters, Millennium Falcon and Princess Leia. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm kind of excited when, when, when Langley, uh, who put that back in my conscience, was like, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think that's really, I think that's really great. Uh, yeah. And it all, because it's just the real world, sort of like, yes, if something doesn't have a gender, we shouldn't just assume that it's sure. male. That sure. male, male shouldn't be the default. Right. Um, but then also they're like, well, what does droid gender mean? Right. <laughs> is it just a sort of – I don't know where this is from, so I don't know if it was just a sort of like – if it's going to be random right. gender assignment for pronoun purposes, BB-8 is going to be a she. R2-D2 is a he. BB-8 is going to be a she. Or if there is actually going to be some more in-universe thing of like yeah. there's some sort of gender component to droids. Right. And that's weird and fascinating. Which, which could be taken the wrong way when you're like, well, we've given this one a female chip. So it makes decisions. That, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, naturally, so now, so now R2, maybe maybe he's found a love interest. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be intriguing. Be odd. Yeah. R2 has a crush on BB-8. Um, as we do on the show a lot here, uh, I like to go to the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Um uh, sorry, Joseph's out of water. Do you want more no, water, I can Joseph? Make it. I'm okay. going to be like Obi Wan in the desert. Okay, yeah, I you, can make it. I have no blue milk, but I do have more water. <laughs> we can get some afterwards. Um, if you're out there listening, as I always say, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Ken Napsock, and uh, you can hashtag in full the term, the word, the phrase "Spotlight Star Wars." Some of you forget to do that, 
and and why I'm not saying that to 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 pump my own ego here. I'm saying I love this component component of the show has kind of grown because I don't do this show live. I don't have the ability to communicate directly with you like I did on Jedi Alliance. When you hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, it allows me to click on that and have a conversation with you on the show. So please don't forget to do that if you have a Star Wars question because some of you have great ones and then you tweet at me and then by the time uh, the next week comes around, I go to do the show. I, I uh, can't find the tweet. So that's why I do it. Please hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. So I like going through and finding uh, if we have any um, uh, any questions from the fans. And Joseph, I thought it would be fun for you and me to kind of dive into awesome. this. Um, so some of the questions are small. Some of them are minor. Some of them are fun. Um, so uh, Julian Ever Everart. That is a E-V-E-R-A-E-R-T. How would you say that? Everart? Everart? Yeah. Julian That's how Everart. I take a run at it. Okay, at Julian Everart says, corrected. Do you think we'll have the classic scene transitions, meaning the wipes, in oh. Episode 7? And do you want them in? Oh, I, I'm adding that part. Okay, I very much want them in. I think, yes, of course. Yeah. I think if my only real concern about Force Awakens is that it will be too slavishly uh, devoted to looking mm-hmm. and feeling like the classic trilogy. Right. Um, so I don't. I think there's no way that they wouldn't use the wipes, and I think a Star Wars film without without the wipes would feel weird. So right. You think they should? Okay. I, I'm like I'm with you. Like I want some fan service. Yeah. Don't give me too much. Yeah. And I think everything I've seen so far, JJ and team team JJ struck good balance. Yeah, I think so. I think things like BB-8 that are like, oh yeah, yeah. literally that's and, new but makes sense. And, and we we had talked about on Jedi Alliance, I believe, about like even the. The Chewie were home scene is a it's a shot moment inch by inch shot for shot kind of recreation of classic promotional Star Wars yeah. photos. Yeah, and I liked that. Yeah, I think that's great, uh, and and I, I think it will strike a uh, balance. I think that's just my my sort of uber geek mm-hmm. concern. Hopefully, uh, I also want to give credit to uh, Quantum Multiverse Darren Height, who uh, uh, he was the fan who had, had uh, he's been great spreading the word of Spotlight Star Wars. Thank you awesome. very much, Darren. Um, but he's the one who uh, let me uh, he sent me a link of where to purchase the Chewbacca Nerf <laughs> Bowcaster, and I bought it directly from him. And last week, I uh, his name had slipped my mind, and uh, I want to thank you very much for that one. Um, so uh, some of the other things here. We had talked last week, Joseph, uh, on this show about uh, the news, which I still, to this day, have not clicked on the story link, uh, any of the stories, but the news of Anakin maybe coming back. And I know you guys probably talked about it. Yeah, on Je- we talked a little bit about Jedi Alliance. Alliance. Yeah. Um, so for my fans here who maybe didn't get to hear you, what are some in quick uh, some of your thoughts about Anakin maybe coming back? Well, the, the the specific rumor I believe was stated, in, you know, it's utterly mm-hmm. a rumor, is that he was uh, training to go film. So the training made me think that it is probably going – if it's there, it's probably going to be a flashback of some sort of combat. Okay. My heart of heart geek things – geek, what I want is I would love some sort of Anakin Force Ghost communicating with the Skywalkers. So this Uh, is – If if it's Luke, Leia, uh, whoever the current Skywalkers are. And that makes sense to me. And it's not out of place to me. Yeah. And, and I would love to see Hayden get a little love again. Yeah. Uh, and there was some there, there was some negative opinions this week on many, Jedi Alliance about that. Many. Uh, uh, but but what I said there and what I'll say here is I I think that uh, mm-hmm. Hayden is more than capable with yeah. a great director like Rian Johnson of mm-hmm. giving a really great performance yeah. in a short scene. Look, I uh, want 
I want Ahmed Best to have a role. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to have a role. So I asked that to lead to this. Um, Shomer at G. Paust tweeted in, Spotlight Star Wars. What if a character force walks through time to see Anakin's life? It happens in the uh, expanded universe. There's a, oh. that. And it's not a, quote, flashback. Something like that is what you're talking about. A little force ghost action. Not a flashback, not a flashback. Is something like that oh. work for you? You know, I didn't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think and hope that there's going to be new uses of the force in the new trilogy. Right, and right. If, you know, if Luke is super powerful and able to mm-hmm. force walk back in time, I don't know which uh, you know novel or comic book. Or I don't know. I don't know myself, in. but yeah. but yeah. But if that was introduced and it was actually right, Luke or another Leia or another Skywalker descendant going back and Could like interesting. watching him right murder some younglings, <laughs> right? <laughs> or so, you know, anything that's going to wrestle with the connection of what I think is, is huge fans you know and, 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 we've, and, we've missed that we've missed there's been a couple of books like the Tatooine's Ghost or whatever yeah, where yeah. Went. but yeah but just watching people wrestle with who was he who did he become why what does that mean for our choices especially because we're, we're seeing and, and I'm, I don't go into spoilers and I don't know how how it's been so hard to not be spoiled by anything with Force yeah. Awakens but um, we know it's no secret that this would be it's going to focus on some Skywalker stuff Yeah. so the fact that uh, if Kylo Ren is in fact the Knights of Ren are, are studying the Sith legends and who's who in the zoo and they go to Endor and Wicket leads them over to the, the burial ground of Vader you know knowing who Anakin was might very much factor into it. Yeah. So that way, when when the story broke, I didn't click on any story because I didn't want anything confirmed for episode eight. But for me, I didn't have that retching reaction like some people did. No. It's like, okay, let me follow that along. Uh, Margaret Flinner, who uh, listens to the show a lot, she tweeted in uh, Spotlight Star Wars. And uh, this is uh, not so much a question, but for you as you're about to read this book, Joseph, <laughs> she said, hashtag aftermath, loved it. Strong women characters, cool interludes, Mr. Bones, parkour chase scenes, and imperial insight. And, uh, you know, Mar- Margaret, that's uh, that's great. And, and I think that's why all those things listed there are why I think you, Joseph, will, will actually enjoy that awesome. book. Awesome, yeah. Uh, and, and hashtag Dengar. Hashtag <laughs> Dengar. Um, uh, going through here, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez at the Richie Boy 94 says, uh, at, uh, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, do you think we'll ever see Obi-Wan's lightsaber again in future episodes Ooh. as a relic to Rey or Kylo? Because we're seeing, hearing a lot about relics from the Sith or, or Luke's lightsaber and everything. What about Obi-Wan? you got an excited look on your face. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, well, I was just thinking about where Obi-Wan's lightsaber mm-hmm. is, and it was at Vader's feet. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure somewhere in canon or non-canon it dealt with uh, where Obi Wan's lightsaber is, but I've missed that one. I don't know. There's a part I I would almost see it as it, this maybe be too cheeky, but some sort of drive-by if people are collecting important artifacts and somebody says, "Do we want Obi Wan's lightsaber?" Mm-hmm. Eh, because yeah. I don't know. There's something about like he is incredibly important mm-hmm. to Anakin, to right. Luke, to to the fate of the galaxy. Does amazing things. Uh, affected the course of the right. universe in this saga, but kind of gets sidelined. And also, like we were talking about before, because he is a Jedi who doesn't necessarily crave excitement and adventure and tension, like he's, yeah. that he'd probably be like, eh, yeah, I don't need my <laughs> lightsaber to be the token that's going to bring about the what? Right. You have a prophecy? It doesn't need to be about my lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love but to see anything Obi-Wan related ever personally but. well and in aftermath and, and the interludes i've seen there like i said I, and i explained to you off air what some of these interludes uh, not what they actually are in content but yeah. they just float in and out of the story and some of them i'm waiting to see i'm like eh, i don't know what that is and we'll connect up but uh some of them i mean they go to they go to cloud city or bespin at least they're out there there's, oh, nice. there's han and there there's there is a scene an interlude 
involving what could possibly be Darth Vader's lightsaber. Ooh. And it is, it's perhaps other than the last page of the book, it's the most intriguing thing of the book where you're like, hmm, where does this go? And where does this lead? Yeah. And what does it mean for Force Awakens? It, it's one of the best little parts of the book. Oh, cool. I'm really uh, absolutely. anxious to... Lightsabers are important yeah. in the Star Wars universe, aren't they not? Yeah, I don't know. And, and it's a good part of, the, I think, the new trilogy that feels a little a little fan servicey, but I don't think it is because it's the kind of details that the it's original trilogy didn't get into of, yeah. like, where do lightsabers end up when people are losing well, because, them? Because, yeah, at the time, we didn't, need, we didn't know we needed to get yeah. to them. We didn't know that. And that's the other thing, too. When, 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 look, it's valid. I get it. When I, when I watched the first few runs of Clone Wars and it's like, who's Ahsoka and why, why did we just now learn who's Qui-Gon and why, we not, why did we not hear about him? It's yeah. because, you know what, folks? At, the, at some point, George Lucas had no idea yep. this would be an empire yeah. of dreams. Um, <laughs> Uh, Tom at the underscore stain. Uh, the stain. That's a good name. Awesome. Tom asks, I'm, I've convinced my friends to watch Star Wars for the first time before episode seven. Best order to watch them? Question mark. Hash. Tag Spotlight Star Wars and hashtag prequels. First of all, it always blows me away, like we talked about earlier, that there's still people above a certain age that have never seen Star Wars. Yep. Uh, I can understand if you just don't like it. Or you watched it and not your thing, but it bothers my you it's like you're on a desert island. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. But they are. They're out there. I know some people. And uh so best order to watch them. Uh are you one of those machete order guys? Uh well I don't like the machete order that cuts out Phantom Menace. Well, of course. But yeah, prequel guy, yeah. I think if I was just trying to some, hook someone mm-hmm. on Star Wars, I think I would borrow the machete order of okay. doing New Hope. Empire, that great cliffhanger, now that we know Luke and, and Vader's relationship, go back and then watch the prequel, and then I think Jedi does have more power. More more power, more wrap-up. Okay. Um, I'll never know. I can never go back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and I've got my, uh, my friend uh, has got his nine-year-old daughter, and she's been a Star Wars fan her whole life, but has no idea what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he, he's made the decision to um, set her up to watch one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, and, and then uh, we're, I'm intending to interview her. Oh, she's a very crazy. articulate, bright nine-year-old girl. Yeah, and I want to, I want to take take her take through that process, take her, take us through that process of seeing it for the first time because she's, she, I think they watched Phantom Menace. They, he finally sat her down and she goes, you know, she was bored halfway through. She just kind of yeah checked out. Um, but he's gonna press on, and I'm gonna kind of see. And, and Christian Harloff with his own four-year-old daughter is slowly. He's got a strategy. <laughs> it's, it's a modern father with his Star Wars love. He's introduced her a couple of. Episodes of Rebels. Yep. Just trying to get it around there. And then I, for his birthday, purchased uh, for him the little golden books of the prequels, <laughs> so he could sit down at bedtime and read the uh, story. Um, so I'm trying to find. Uh, there's uh, other ones that have come in here, but uh, yeah, well, how would you? If you were, would you do it in chronological order to the story or release if, order? If if it was a, an adult, uh, I'd go release order. Uh, I I like the idea of of breaking up five and six and throwing in. Maybe one, two, three, and into it, I get it. Yeah. Um, but I just, for me, just see it how it came out. Yeah. Learn how we all learned, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That, and then I guess you can kind of accept that, like, well, some of these things that are different are because technology and time. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's some. there's some other uh, good questions. Uh, Jared Mariama says, Aftermath, all the ingredients are fine, but the final product doesn't taste like Star Wars to me. Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. And that's a good point. Um, Aftermath, I, I wouldn't disagree, Jared, but I think Aftermath was more Star Wars to me than some of the, the other books. But you touched upon it, Joseph, you said earlier, where like, you know, Lords of the Sith feels and has the pacing of Star yeah. Wars. And even, I'll, I'll say even, even the Heir to the Empire trilogy at times didn't, it felt something new to me that wasn't quite Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, though it was, and I love those books, but uh, that's important. You got to get the tone right. Star Wars is different than other sci-fi because it is so based on serials, like right. old serials where like your your heroes are n- never out of danger. They rarely have time right. to have like a calm conversation. Right. And I think that's where sometimes the books fall down of like Mm-hmm. The, the, the stakes aren't always high for the characters. And Lords of the Sith, there, it's go 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 go. That yeah. that chase scene with the the food, the, the alien, the little creatures and everything. That's yeah, that's great stuff. And you get to see the Emperor Invader or, or read the Emperor Invader kind of at the peak of their powers. But but you feel like you're seeing it. Like it's yeah. re- it's really well written action yeah. as well. And you're rooting for them. Yeah, <laughs> which was a weird place to be. <laughs> uh, we as fans love Vader and the Emperor in our own weird yeah. anti-hero way, but in that book, you're actually like, "Oh yeah. God, get out of here! Get out of here! Get out of here!" <laughs> I will say really quick because I meant to about yeah. Darth Plagueis. One of the things I really liked about that mm-hmm. was whether it's canon or not, clarifying that the point of a Sith is to just always pursue power. Yes, and that made me sort of appreciate the Emperor's once he controls the whole mm-hmm. galaxy, he has his empire. Sure, there's some rebels to deal yeah. with. But, like, what does he want yeah. in that idea that a Sith is just, like, how can I become more powerful, more powerful, yeah. crush everyone, crush everyone? The thirst for power. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like that about Darth Plagueis. And I love made that clear. The political thriller side of it, too, uh, I, I enjoyed a lot. I think they really – I like, I enjoyed the stuff on Naboo um, uh, with young Padme at, like, 11. Yeah. They're like, oh, she might run. That's a smart young cookie. And, yeah. And just a little, we can that manipulate kind of her a little yeah, bit. We, yeah. We can get all that. I definitely liked all that there. So that's all for the uh, questions on Spotlight Star Wars this week. And, uh, Joseph, we're going to wrap up here. Awesome. It's been fun to kind of just freeform Star Wars discuss with you. Yeah, thank right? you. Yeah, this is great. We'll do this more often uh, as uh, you know, get some more guests on the show and definitely have you back here. And I'd love to get out the Jedi Alliance with my work schedule uh, allows. Yes, let me know anytime. You guys, like I said, are doing great over there, and I'm Thank proud of, proud of you continuing uh, the tradition of, of uh, celebrating the greatest saga ever told. <laughs> um, have you guys done any more figure fights yet? Are you done that yet? Uh, are no, you plans we're not, for that? We, we're going to do a figure fight eventually. We're trying to decide whether we want to do one about the sort of Power of the Force era or mm-hmm. wait until a little bit more of the Force Awakens are out and do do one with that. But we will let you know Absolutely. when we do a Force fight because we maybe, would love to have you there. For maybe the I call in sick to work. And I yes. come on over there. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what I'll do. Uh, that is that. So, uh, again, uh, Joseph, thanks so much. And you, uh, we'll, we'll come back. I lo- you know what? I definitely want to have you come back and maybe talk about Aftermath. That sounds great. And personally, on a personal level, I want to hear, hear what you have to say because it's important to me. There's a lot of real problems in the world, but none more important than does Joseph like Aftermath. Um, so that is that. So, Joseph, I know you just came back from a, a comedy tour, but tell everyone what you're up to and where they can find you and all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me on all of the various social medias uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw, my website is josephscrimshaw.com i always have shows stand-up shows going on in los angeles and pop up at conventions uh i will be at kamikaze 
this uh, Halloween weekend. Yeah, well, uh, doing a Star Wars comedy show that Ken will be on. That's as well. right. I would, let, let's talk about that for a second here. We are uh, we are if you're L A based or you want to fly in, Kamikaze is one of the um, I don't want to say smaller conventions because it's growing in popularity. Yeah. And it's a great convention, and I've been there the last two two three years. And uh, the Schmoes No Crew is going to have a big panel on Sunday, which I will moderate. Uh, that is November first, but on October thirty first, Halloween evening, five p.m. I believe around that yeah, time. Yeah, five thirty. Mr. Yeah. Scrimshaw is hosting a Star Wars panel of which I am on, and Mike Black's on as well, Mike right? Mike Black, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what do we can, we can we say what we're doing? Do you even yeah. really fully know what it's yeah. about? It's gonna uh, it's called Attack of the Star Wars Comedy. Nice. I just want to make it clear what's happening, and it's going to be a kind of a quiz game show where the point is just to have fun and make jokes. Awesome. In and around the Star Wars galaxy. Awesome. So we get to make some references to Sad Lobots and some Dexter Jester, General Mating's hair. I am going to ask you the stupidest, dumbest questions and judge you utterly arbitrarily, purely for entertainment. I cannot wait. So, so like I said, folks, look it up. Kamikaze. That is C O M I K A Z E. Kamikaze. Stanley's Kamikaze. That is coming up uh, Halloween weekend, like Joseph said. So that's that. And uh, anything else? Uh, sorry, I cut you off because I forgot. Uh, I no, wanted no, to talk no, about just, that. Uh, yeah, find me on the internet, Joseph Scrimshaw. That's right. There aren't many of us. Do that, and you can uh, follow me as I've said before at Ken Knapsack on all social media platforms that I'm on. I'm not on Snapchat yet. Please uh, <laughs> don't ask. Uh, not yet. Maybe soon. I'm holding out. I'm holding out but uh that is that and uh, of course like i said if you want to join the conversation you have a you have a statement a thought a question anything you want me to address on this show just hashtag on twitter spotlight star wars and i will find it and maybe if time permits i will discuss it so that is that until next time may that force thing sometime always kind of remain around you